Howdy, Ags. Welcome to the Squadron 6 podcast. This is Alex Jacob, Class of 20, and uh, this podcast is a show dedicated to preserving the history and experiences of Squadron 6, the Corps of Cadets in Texas A&M. Uh, like I said, my name is Alex Jacob, Class of 20. I'll be your co-host uh, for today, and I've got two special co-hosts as well. Uh, I'll give them a chance to introduce themselves. Yes, sir. I am Colton Brandt, Class of 21. I will also be your co-host today, along with my other co-host, Howdy, my name is Jamie Colon Barrero, and I am class of 21, current uh, Savage 6 Zip. And uh, we have a very special guest today, and I'll give him a chance to introduce himself. Uh, so what is your three deep, my good sir? Yes, sir. Uh, Fernando Aguilera, class of 2013, um, and I was an aerospace engineering major. Don't do anything with airplanes or anything like that anymore, but <laughs> it, was, it was really cool to have that. Uh, it's cool to have my resume. Uh, for our first question, so uh, what? How did you hear about the Corps of Cadets? What was your first initial introduction to the Corps? Uh, the, my first introduction was when I went to visit A uh, and M on uh, my senior year in high school. I didn't know anything about A and M. Didn't know anything about the Corps, and uh, I was never really interested in anything military. But I was talking to a friend. You know, and uh, they, I was mentioning, hey, man, I saw this really cool thing about, you know, the Corps of Cadets over there at A&M is supposed to be a leadership program. And uh, my friend said, well, I don't think you could do it. So I'm a very competitive person, right? So uh, as soon as I heard that, I was like, man, I got to do this stuff. You know? <laughs> oh, I love it. Four, four years on a dare. Yeah. Um. So for the next question, um, I know they kind of, you interview for a CO and they kind of like assign it, but um, what I guess made you interested in being CO of Squadron 6 at the time of reactivation? So it was, um, I was in core staff at the time, uh, was in course at my junior year and, you know, half my senior year. I uh, was a logistics and operations sergeant. And then it was logistics, operations, training officer, half my senior year. And I always, you know, I always wanted to lead a, a, a unit um, ever since I was a freshman. I didn't really work out for my outfit. Um, we had a lot of really good people in my class. We actually had four, five, six different COs come out of my class, I wow, believe. Wow. So, yes, yeah, so with Squadron 3, Squadron 21, uh, Squadron 6. Uh, then we had a CO for some of the uh, uh, support groups, I think. Um, the or society uh then another different team but uh we had a lot of good leadership on that class and it was just very competitive uh i think they made the right choice for scoring 21 and um hey I, I did not know we were reactivating units um i just wanted to get more leadership experience it was great to be in core staff but when i heard about reactivating a, a couple of different units um, I just went up to the core commander at the time and told him, hey, I'd I like to participate. I'm really interested in especially leaving a legacy of starting something up new or, or re, you know, bringing something back. Uh, I thought that was really cool. That's pretty cool. Like, did, we, did we start, like we reactivated kind of halfway through the year? Was it yes. Like the beginning? Yeah, so we did the interviews at the beginning of the year. Um, and then everything that first fall semester, um actually let me remember and this has been a while back guys so <laughs> i think a little bit just give me a second got a really bad memory but um i remember through the summer we were 
uh, talking about this, the two alphas being reactivated, did the interviews, and then we spent all fall semester in preparation for the reactivation that was the first or second week of January. And we had our own little effort, uh, you know, freshman orientation week with the new people. But it was mostly, even though it was FOW, now it was an all-class orientation week because everybody was right. there. Right. Um, but I spent a lot of time uh, recruiting the right people. So it was it was the most important thing to do. So it was a fun <laughs> fall semester. Yeah. Can you, tell, can you tell me more about, about that, actually? Like, you know, how did you go about picking who you wanted to be working with you? Um, did you guys have fish that, that spring semester? Or was it just, like, turning the upperclassmen? So we, um, no, we didn't have fish, um, but we had reactivated a couple units, and I can remember exactly how, how many my junior year. And, um, you know, being in core staff and just kind of being privy to all those details and, and just seeing some of the results of reactivating units um, and not, not being very successful at it. And I know that in the first few units, you know, there was a lesson learned from everybody on the quad. I mean, it's the first time reactivating units and God knows who, how many years. So it wasn't very smooth and there was a lot of uh, issues with transitioning um, of, you know, cadets from all kinds of different units and building the team. And, and I took that to heart and I said, if I'm going to, if I'm going to bring this unit back, um, I wanted to be competitive and I wanted to be a good team right away. Uh, I'm not going to just be here to reactivate it and then hopefully we'll do well in the next two, three years. And my goal was to get people that had the same mentality. Okay. And, and we went to a couple of the frog outfits, um, K1 and Squadron 18. We actually got most of our people in K1. They had a really good CO that year. Very, very good guy. He went into the Marine Corps, I believe, and he was very process-oriented. He was really good at developing people. So in the past, before Squadron 6, and I'll be honest, I don't remember which other outfit got reactivated that day, but before Squadron 6, you just got a list from whoever, you know, and um, they told you, hey, these are the cadets that are going to be in your outfit. So I got that list and I looked at it. I said, uh, no, they're not. <laughs> right? because, uh, not this and, guy. <laughs> and it's incredible how, you know, working in, in the drilling industry and having a lot of drilling rigs that, you know, we have 100 people on location. But um, I kind of use the same concept. And I don't know if they were good or, or great cadets or bad cadets. I didn't know that. I didn't know all the names. But were they the right fit? I wanted to make sure of that. So we we actually, I was pretty quick on picking an XO and a first sergeant, and we interviewed everybody. We got to know every single person on that list, and I told you that most of them didn't make it uh, to our to our unit or our squadron. Then we went and recruited heavily on K1 and Squadron 18 and sat down and did interviews with each person and got to know, I think it was at least an hour interview for everybody. And uh, asked their COs, asked people around them. And like I said, it's not about being great or good or, or bad. It was, it was about being the right fit and creating the right culture. So that was really successful for us, you know, and, and in hindsight, it was the right thing to do. I know our guys meshed, meshed right away. Um, you could you could have thought that you know some of these classes have been together for years. They took ownership. They were really proud to wear the hat and the, you know and, and the shirt. And uh, 
and that's something I follow today. Most of my time is spent on making sure that I have the right people working for me. It, it'll make my job easier. And so. uh, was this like that, that interview process of uh, when you originally saw that list and you're like, well, we need to vet these people and, and kind of interview them and make sure that they're the right fit. Was this something that you needed to do something that you were like sort of given advice to do, or was this kind of a personal thing of like, I kind of want to make sure that since we're starting this uh, from the ground up, we, we want to make sure we have a solid foundation. So did, did, that, did that come from you or was that advice to you from maybe your peers or from uh, even some bulls or CTOs? Well, some, something I've done in life, I've got, I, I have a couple mentors, you know, and, and I, I've had a mentor who was a class of, I believe 65, We've been friends for over 10 years and, and uh, you know, I have, I have mentors in other areas, of, you know, in my industry and then personal, and it's always good to learn from other people. And that's something that, you know, uh, one of them shared with me. So you got to make sure that you always recruit, retain and develop the right people. And, uh, and that's why this, I decided we needed to interview and bet uh, who we're going to let in the outfit. It's a, I didn't know Squadron 6 had so much history, okay? I just, it just happened to be that I got interviewed and, and chosen for that outfit. And, uh, you know, and I don't know if, if they're still reactivating units or when the last time it was, and I don't know if, the same, if it's the same process now, but um, it just happenstance, you got picked as a CEO for that, for that unit. And after learning of all the history, I said, we're not going to fail. We're going to succeed. And we got, we're going to come out and guns firing, right? So. It was important to have um, the right group of people. Okay, so you mentioned you mentioned mentors. Um, I've been looking into, I guess, maybe getting one for certain areas of life. Like, how do you go about talking, like meeting a mentor, asking them to mentor you, and I guess picking one for yourself? I know it's kind of like unrelated to the other subject, but like that really, that really interests me. Right. No. So I'll be honest. I got I got three people that I talked to quite a bit, uh, and that that mentor me. And it's good to have other people that are around your age. Um, they, and I've been told that by, by them, by my mentors, but um, I've got one that I talk mostly about leadership development. Uh, I've got a mentor to talk about personal development and I've got a mentor to talk about my industry and oil and gas, right? Uh, in, some, in some of those areas. Right. And I've done the same with, uh, with other people and students, right? Um, I think it's important to show that you wanna, um, that you wanna improve and uh, you're putting in the time. I've actually tried in the past, you know, I, I know I haven't been very involved with the outfit lately, um, but I've tried to mentor some students, not in Squadron 6, just in general. Um, and what I've found is sometimes I wanted it more than they did. And, you know, it, it, was, it was something telling. So when you don't see people that have that fire and they have the work ethic, um, you know, people are not going to be interested in helping. So I would say the way I found my mentors, you know, it's, it's through attending events, leadership, um, leadership events. Uh, one of them I met in a science class um, and the other one in, in a, another conference in my industry, but just coming up to them and, and uh, kind of introducing yourself and, and uh, being very professional about, you know, following up with the question. And it always helps once you get your contact, you know, you send them an email, thank you for making the time, we'd like to follow up. And 
and uh, following those channels. Um, you'd be really surprised how many people do that nowadays. I mean, it's not many. So it sounds it sounds like I guess mentorship's been a big help for you, and it also sounds like you're a big help to other people with with being a mentor. But would you recommend just straight up saying like, "Hey, will you mentor me in this area?" Like, is that kind of the best way to go about it? You know, history favors bold. Um, I think that it's okay to be direct. Uh, you also got to know your audience and, and depend, you know, and know, know the different personalities of who you're talking to. If somebody came up to me and told me that, I, I, I love it. So sure, I will help you in anything I can because I love people that aren't, you know, have the fire inside them. Uh, so, some other people, you might have to kind of mold yourself different to different personalities and just kind of follow up, like I said, through an email, uh, different professional venues. But it is most of the people that I've seen Aggies, especially in the Aggie network, if you just come up straight up and ask them to help you and, and mentor you, they, they will. And uh, so if we can turn the clock back a little bit, we would love to hear about your experiences from Fishier. So uh, we heard a little bit about how it all started for you uh, coming to the core, where it was kind of essentially a dare where you're like, I'm proving, you know, this person wrong and I'm, I'm going to make it through this. Uh, so, you know, we'd love to hear about your experiences as a fish and, and what that year was like for you. Man, fish year was uh, was a lot of fun. We actually had uh, General Von Alstan still, and uh, then General Ramirez came in uh, on our sophomore year. So I know everybody likes to say, you know, the Corps, all armies dead. I mean, all armies been dead since <laughs> you know, 1965, but... Um, uh, every year is a little bit different, you know. Once you become a sophomore, everything seems like it's just easier. But it was a pretty big change from our freshman year and how the court was run, just because we had different uh, different leadership on uh, the commandant's office. Um, both great great people um, with good and bad things, but it made my freshman experience a little bit different. Um, we had a lot of things that we changed, so. One of the things that my class, you know, and, and that we, we probably remember to this day and uh, we didn't really like very much was fish interviews. Um, you know, we still had core brass and then outfit brass. So I guess core brass was in the fall, outfit brass in the, in the spring. I don't know if you guys are doing it that way still or now they're combined, some people combine them. But uh, we had this thing Goldfish interviews that can't remember the exact time frame, but it was in the spring semester. And uh, it was a period of two weeks where we had to learn, you know, do everything a fish does perfectly. Campos and history and your uniform has to be perfect. Uh, we would get the back of our brass checked that it, to make sure, because you know, you usually just polish the front. We would have to polish the back. Um, shoes have to be too bar. So we spend so much time just making sure that these uniforms are completely perfect and learning all this knowledge. I actually failed two exams, okay, during this two-week period. Very dumb decision, right? Because we would go and, and uh, we actually go and rent a, not rent, uh, reserve a conference room at, at the library, and you'll have my whole fish class there just polishing shoes, you know, for about two, three hours, uh, you know, almost every other day. And, some dedication and yeah and you know we really wanted this thing we really wanted to do well and we were told that this fish interviews were um uh to decide who was going to be you know the asls or squat leaders next year um sophomore year so we put all our effort 
the day of the interviews, they put us all on one side of the room or so one side of the building and the interviews go across, you know, the building and the other room. You walked in one by one uh, to make sure you're walking um, on your tippy toes too because you didn't have, you shouldn't have a scar or any any type of scarring or, or marks on your um, on your tabs. They have to be brand new. So we uh, we walk in the room and as soon as we walk, they sat us down and threw all kinds of food and strawberry um, no. syrup, and chocolate syrup and crap oh. <laughs> on us, right? No, no way. And I was so upset, man, because we, we, my whole class was upset because we really cared about this, right? And uh, um, our uniform was destroyed. And this is obviously not a core mandated event, okay? It was just something my outfit was doing. And that was the year that it ended. When we became sophomores, we didn't do it anymore because we just thought, you know, uh, and that's kind of my thinking about the core, that the way it is today and the way it used to be 10, 20, 30 years ago, I think it's just as hard. It's not harder. The reason being is there's different demand, different demands and different knowledge and different things you got to do. Uh, and for us, that was 2009. And we ended that tradition in our outfit because hey, this is not what we want to develop going into the future. This is not what we want to do with our fish. Um, so kind of rein in a, a new era for, for the outfit, but uh, that was probably a very frustrating time being a fish, but so many other things were great, you know, um, the friendships, we still got a buddy group, to, uh, group me text, you know, group and, and, um, We've married each other and uh, we talk every day. We really do talk every day on our group. We actually have a, um, a Discord meeting every Wednesday too, Wednesday night. <laughs> games. I mean, it's just, it's really fun. Uh, we met, you know, that we make friendships for life. So really grateful for that aspect as well. Um, and now I could spend probably a long, long time talking to you about all the good things that have happened. Um, because of uh, freshman year and because I was in the core, all the doors is opened. So uh, you tell me, you cut me off. I don't know how much time we got, but I'm just, uh, I know that I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for, for the core. Yeah, I think it's like, it's it's crazy to hear about, you know, the reactivation and um, you kind of your experience, how um, it all came about and kind of, you know, you didn't really know a lot about, you know, six beforehand. And then all of a sudden you have like all these, I mean, we have so many legacy members and I'm sure they were all extremely excited, extremely happy. So I think it's really interesting to see that, um, that how that all came about and hearing yeah. about your fish year. And, um, you know, while I know it may have been a lot different than Colton and I's fish year, or even Alex's, um, there is some, you know, definite, um, uh, similarities that we that I personally have experienced like um, when I was a fish no it's um, it's a critical time in, in development and you don't really realize um, how important it is to learn how to follow until then you become an executive leader which you guys are seniors um, and kind of see the big picture so it, it's uh, it's something that'll help you the rest of your life so uh, going into your uh, sophomore year, uh, were there, you, you said there were certain things that you wanted to change and even a change of leadership uh, from a commandant level as well. 
how much did, did you all have a, a say in the things that, you know, what the new core looked like during that uh, transition of leadership? The core, the core recruiting was, was slow, slowing down when I was a freshman. We had, um, I think we started our freshman year with like 900 freshmen. And, uh, you know, by the time senior year came around, that number always goes down. But year over year, recruiting had been slowing down. I think General Ramirez did a great job in bringing the core to um, more of a modern world. And, and, you know, we changed the, the statement of purpose for the core uh, during his tenure. Um, I think it's changed once again. Uh, but um, it, it was a different uh, approach to not, not only recruiting, but modernizing the core in a certain way. And being uh, realizing that, hey, half our people are going to the military, but the other half are going in the, in the private sector. Uh, how do we develop, you know, the, uh, the resumes? How do we provide leadership training that's going to apply? And not to say that wasn't happening before, um, but, <clears throat> you know, there were some things we did that we had never done before. We did that, uh, um, uh, well, you and I were talking about, Alex, about our, our etiquette training, right? Never done that my freshman year. I tell you, I mean, it was just doing classes every single day, right? But a few years later, we're doing etiquette training. We're doing volunteering at elementary schools. So not only are we doing some of the same things, but combining that with, hey, let's provide experience in other areas and develop our cadets further. So uh, that's why I think I'm appreciative of General Ramirez just bringing some of that stuff in. I don't know, what, what is a, a, a fish class now? How many, how many students at the beginning of the year? Um, it, it depends and it varies a little bit. It's very a little bit over the years, but uh, this year it was about 18 per outfit. Uh, I came in with 20 the year before that. They had uh, the year after my first year, we had like 22, but it, it hovers around the number 20. So is it, but is it oh, the whole class? Is it over a thousand students or? Uh, I know my group came in with about 900, a little bit over 900. Yeah. So close, close to a thousand, but not quite. Recruiting, you know, used to be um, one of those things that nobody wants to be in, right? when I was there, I was like, nobody wants to go to recruiting. But you can believe how important it is. Um, and in, in the real world, recruiting and retaining people is, uh, you know, it, it literally for my job, my company's, uh, it's such a big focus because recruiting the right people and, and retaining those, those employees through development saves us millions of dollars every year. And uh, it, it's the same, same thing with the core, right? You want to recruit the right people make your outfit better and make sure they don't punch out. So it's uh, uh, not much different. Um, I guess a couple, a couple updates from this year. I know you said most of the time, no, or it used to be nobody wants to be recruiting officer because it was kind of like, I guess there, maybe not um, significant, but my, my thought on it was like, okay, recruiting chain gets to pick who's in the outfit for next year. So like you said, your fish class has like four or five COs. It's like, okay, what if I recruit four or five COs? And what if I maybe don't take in the people that would hurt hurt the outfit morale or hurt the outfit as like a get as getting better um some interesting things about that is one a couple of things that we did was we couldn't have spend the night so part of our recruiting was through social media like get with pr chain put us up with the outfit on facebook and instagram and a good thing about that is we put like my my contact info and then recruiting sergeant's contact info who's is the recruiting sergeant's done a great job is but uh, we, we talked to like almost everybody before they joined and another thing that we also changed was we said that we wanted to be honest, as honest as possible with everybody. 
So for example, one thing that I was told that I felt like wasn't necessarily true is everyone said, oh, you played sports, but you don't get yelled at any more than a coach for football would yell at you. He's like, okay, I played, I played football since I organized sports from like age six to senior year of high school. And it's like, that's not entirely true. Like you get yelled at, like a coach would yell at you if you messed up the same thing over and over again. But like all the time, like everything, every time you mess up. And the weird thing about that is those two things actually boosted our recruiting numbers. So we had like a record number of people choose squadron six first out of this fish class. And then because of that, we got good people with good attitudes, people that we wanted. And then we also have a really high retention rate. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I think um, numbers or quantity is not equals uh, quality, right? It's not equal quality. And it's okay to say, you know, that the, you know, the core is not for everybody and that's fine. I mean, there's other leadership programs around campus that are very effective as well. But, uh, you know, that's something we use in our company too, is um, in the real world, is the job is not for everybody and that's okay. You, you've got to be the right fit. So, and you're seeing it, I'm, I'm really happy to hear you're seeing it the right way too, because uh, you can be the guy, you know, that changes the, the history of the outfit. And uh, just to say that, you know, you, your goal is to have four or five CEOs in, in, in the freshman class, that's an amazing goal to have. And, you know, it's, it's not just recruiting, but it's also developing those those uh, freshmen. So just to have an impact in somebody else's life uh, that way, I think is really important. It's the right mentality to have. Uh, we, we'd love to get to know you a little bit better as well, Fernando. So uh, as a cadet, were you involved in any special units or even off the quad, any organizations? So I was a student senator for, oh man, it was the 63rd session, I think it was. Then I realized it was just a bunch of arguing between a bunch of people. So, I just <laughs> but I was a student in student senate. I was in um, international student mentorship association. I was honestly in a few other organizations that I don't even remember the names of. Some smaller type organizations, but I always try to be involved off the quad. It's very important. There is a lot of other good leadership organizations that will help you develop um, that complement the core and uh, hey a lot of people really get the blinders right they just they want to do core 100 percent of the time and they just are this really good cadet but there's a whole world out there as well right and there there is engineering organizations there are professional organizations and uh and it's important for for people allowed to be involved in those our freshman year we're not really encouraged to get involved at all um the um the first semester is hey make sure you get good grades right because uh you don't want to start off with the wrong, on the wrong foot but uh, then you can get involved the second semester in freshman year and you know i've always been involved in something or, or another uh, my whole college career uh, I, I auditioned for the um um aggie wranglers a couple times you know i dance quite a bit practice a lot um the first time I actually got uh, asked a couple of weeks before, um, I had a friend or her partner quit and she said, hey, just dance with me. I didn't know anything. I just went and did the best I could. But I realized I really like dancing. I want to go dance. And um, we practiced, you know, for months at a time. This was my junior year. We practiced for months at a time. And, and sometimes we practiced four or five hours a week, uh, a day, sorry. We, we thought we were really good. Um, but, you know, through, through one thing or another, um, 
we just didn't get it right. Uh, we made the final, the um, the final stage, and ended up picking some other people that were really good dancers, but probably better than us. And I was heartbroken, you know, I was heartbroken because I really wanted it, I really enjoyed it, and it was something that I worked really hard for uh, for a long time. And uh, but it was a blessing at the same time because I could have done the CEO, uh, and you know that at the same time, but. Uh, no, to answer your question is I always try to be involved in something else and, you know, develop relationships with people outside of the core. And uh, it's helped. It helps develop some skills that maybe you don't really necessarily learn in the core as well. Definitely. Um, do you have any uh, stories of, let's say, when you all were going about figuring out what Squadron 6 was going to be and kind of building it from scratch? How did you communicate with your KLs? and uh, pass on guidance? How did you, did you all kind of figure out that rhythm? Did it take a long time to finally get, you know, the ball rolling? Yeah, so I, I want to say, and I, I do have to give a shout out to the, to the legacy group. You know, all those guys are just super involved. They were very instrumental in making sure that Alfred got off and it was successful right away. They also provided a lot of mentorship and, and you know, very hands-on. Um, Mr. Figs, Grisman, all those guys, Mr. Fred Schultz. Um, you know, it's, it was a great support to have that also helped us because all the other units don't have that, right? So uh, that gave us an advantage. Then um, having the outfit kind of start up in the middle of the year, you know, everybody's already put money for their, you know, outfit t-shirts and their shorts and the hats and everything. And, you know, one thing I saw is like, man, if we're going to attract some people, you know, we're going to ask them to spend money again. Some of these college students don't have money to, you know, buy a whole another set of clothes, you know. And uh, I reached out to the legacy group and said, what can we do about this? You know, we have to, I wanted to make sure that when we recruited people uh, and then we, when we found the right, there are people we wanted in our team that when they showed up, they were proud to be there and they were proud on day one. And uh, when you go look around the quad, what do, what do outfits usually have? They have a barbecue chain with a big barbecue. They have all these tents. They have shirts. They got pride items, right? They're cool. They, they're tangible. And that kind of build, you know, some fish classes have their own shirt. Some, you know, juniors and seniors have the names in the backs, right? So the conversation was, okay, we need to raise some money. We need to raise some money. Uh, we recruited the people, we picked the right guys. Now let's set them up for success and make sure they don't have to spend money out of their pocket. So we reached out to the legacy group and said, can we set up a fundraiser? Let's reach out to uh, Chancellor Sharp and uh, kind of, you know, we became really close at the time when I was there, um, him and Governor Perry at the time. And, you know, we were talking, I said, Chancellor, I, I made the numbers, I looked at barbecue pits and, I, I honestly can't remember exactly what, what all we bought, but put a whole spreadsheet on what we needed, right? And I said, we need $10,000. So I went up to Chancellor Sharp and I said, Chancellor, we need $10,000 for the outfit. Uh, can you help us set up a fundraiser? And he was, you know, completely uh, for it. He actually donated $10,000 himself. And wow. then uh, we set up a fundraiser before the semester started um, with a bunch of old uh, eggs from, from the outfit. And we did it at the, you know, the chancellor's house. Um, may or may not have a couple of kegs of beer. I don't know, but we ended up raising, I believe it was another 16 grand. So $26,000 total um, before the outfit started. 
and we were able to buy, you know, all the items we needed, plus a barbecue pit, and then start a fund um, for future events. You know, we did the whole etiquette event and, and you know, professional uh, events as well for resume building and uh, spent some of those funds, which are now in, in a bank account, right? So um, we donated, uh, my senior year, we donated an Aggie ring as well with that fund uh, to one of the seniors that didn't have one. So the support of the legacy group was uh, pretty instrumental in making sure this, the outfit started, started out right and in building pride. It's just for us to see that there was so many other people involved and that cared so much, you know, it made you want to just do, do better and make them proud. I guess the, the next question I would have is uh, kind of talking about the legacy group, because I remember as a freshman, it was, you know, going to our, we, we had our first barbecue my freshman year at uh, Chancellor Sharp's uh, house. And uh, there were just, you know, all, all these uh, old eggs that I kind of felt intimidated by. I didn't really know how to make that, you know, uh, that conversation starter or things like that. And, and I think there are, you know, so many people who are passionate about helping us as cadets, either just giving life advice or just taking us out for a meal or things like that. Um, and as you were saying, like, you know, they're, they're super passionate about the outfit and keeping us going and, and, and the cadets. So do you have any advice for, for kind of current cadets or uh, even recent graduates on how to kind of make that first step to take that, you know, leap of faith and, and sort of make uh, reach out to some legacy members or even old ags. So there is a reason why we teach everybody to whip out, right? I promise you that it's the easiest thing as, as a student to do, just to walk up to somebody and say, hi, Alex Jacob, my major is, you know, and, and it sounds funny, but everything that the court teaches you is for a purpose. And uh, you're talking about walking up to people, right, and, and Chancellor Sharp and Governor Perry and everybody, it's, it's just simple as, as introducing yourself pretty deep. Um, and, and we are so passionate, you know, from, from our side about helping students that, um, you know, we just want to give back. Uh, I, one of the things that I've been wanting to do for years is just give back and try to help other students. Uh, probably a little young in my career where I'm working really hard uh, now, right? So maybe I'm trying to build up something for the future, but I uh, want to have more time to do that. And I know that there's a lot of other uh, old ags out there that, that are in a position where they just want to help. They're just waiting for somebody to come up and say, hey, I'm Alex Jacob. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But, uh, you know, and, and that's as, as a student um, in the professional world, you know, it's, it's, it's no different. I think um, people just, some of the things you learn, you know, eye contact, a uh, good handshake, they, they go a long way. Never have a have Windsor knot on your tie, please. Full <laughs> I'll have to write that down. <laughs> I don't, you, said, you, said, you said do have one or don't have one? No, uh, why do it halfway? Always do the full. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm going to sound really terrible for asking this, but like when we were, <laughs> whenever we make midnights, is that a double? Yeah, that's, that's a double Windsor, right? For, uh, yeah, the double Windsor, yes. Okay, sweet. <laughs> I was wondering if, uh, Jamie, if you and Fernando could talk about like in general y'all's experience and compare differences with what CO is like at activation in 2013 and then what CO is like today in 2021. You want to go, Jamie? Sure, I can go. Um, so let's see, where do I begin with uh, the CO experience? Um, as many, you know, probably Jacob and, and Brent, y'all know that I 
Um, I did never expect to be a CEO. <laughs> um, I, you know, I know that we're going to talk about this later, but I did not, um, like if you would have told me as a freshman, you know, oh, you're going to go out for CEO your senior year or your junior year, I would have been like, there's no way, there's no way. Um, but, you know, something that really motivated me um, throughout my junior year is just everything that Squadron 6 represents it, everything that I learned, everything that I um, took away from every training time or every, just everything that we've ever been through as a class or just how much we've learned, how much we developed. I just, you know, noticed that like this outfit has given me personally like so much and I've developed myself um, in so many ways. And uh, the defining moment was when I was speaking with, you know, some old ags and they were like, you know, I, I regret not going out for a commanding officer position. And that kind of struck by me because I knew I had the potential, especially my junior year. I, I, I thought a lot about it and I was like, you know, I do have the potential. I, I, I shouldn't be scared of, of what's going to go on uh, or what may people, people may think or whatever. But I, I knew that I wanted to give back to a squadron that, that gave so much to me. Um, and I've learned so much and I wanted uh, to continue that legacy and to, you know, have a savage lead the outfit and stuff like that. And right now, you know, go, having uh, gone through my first semester as a CEO, I've learned so much. I've learned a lot about myself that I, you know, didn't know. So I think one of the main things being a CEO is you never stop learning. Um, you're always, um, you know, on you're always on uh what's the word you're always on i don't know but sorry you uh it's just you are like in a position where you affect uh the next four years and as a position that you know you constantly have to keep thinking um on your toes at all times and has really molded me into a person who um, truly listens, cares, understands people, and something that I did not learn, you know, um, throughout my time in the Corps, like, I finally figured out the type of leader that I am with, with the CEO position, and so um, uh, the, something that, that means so much to me and my buddies and the entire squadron, I, you know, it, it's just some, uh, an outfit that has great pride and a really good legacy group keep pushing us along the way. You know, and, and uh, I think some things you don't realize in the moment. Um, is like I told you, in the moment, I didn't realize recruiting was so important. Uh, my job today, I'm, I'm uh, the area manager for a drilling company, you know, and we, uh, uh, I'm in charge of, uh, you know, several operations in South Texas and, you know, have to make sure that I'm aligned with all the other departments, you know, HR, I got, a maintenance department and you know training uh, so all different different things and i was i'll go back and look at it being a ceo and, and setting up goals uh, setting up processes and and uh, talking to all the different chains it is no different than running a business it is the exact same thing and i didn't realize it at the time you know we always talk about this oh you know indirect leadership executive leadership and uh, you think that, you know, it's just something that it's, 
you know, that the core just throws out there to recruit people, but it really is. Um, it really is some of those concepts that at the time I was learning, um, I didn't realize it would help me so many years later. You know, one of, one of the things that I'm really proud of, um, uh, we didn't really see very many, I don't think we'd have any female CEOs, um, you know, before my year, besides, you know, maybe there was one um, every now and then, very sporadic, or a female CEO of the whole female outfit. But that year when we recruited, um, I specifically recruited several, several um, ladies that I thought had a lot of potential uh, to be a first sergeant or CEO. And I think one of my proudest things is, is that, you know, we had a female first sergeant and, and a female uh, CEO that was in that freshman class. Or I apologize, I don't know that Jackie was uh, first sergeant, um, but she did end up being uh, the, the CEO of the outfit her senior year. And she is, she was amazing, right? Completely capable. But uh, going back to some of those things that we talked about recruiting and being proud of that, and, you know, obviously on the professional side, helping me in my career, but really leaving a, a legacy like that is just something that, you know, you think back on it and it's, it gives you a lot of, a lot of pride. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. For Renee, oh, sorry, were you about to say something, Colton? Yeah, I really, I really want to ask. Okay, yeah, yeah, go for it, go for it. Uh, and then we can, okay, so my next question was like, I know a lot of people from A&M, Aggies end up being, I guess, leaders in business or leaders in other areas of life. Could you guys talk about how leadership as CEO and in the core has applied to, not that the core isn't real life, but like maybe running a business or leadership in other areas, uh, things like that? So I think it's, <clears throat> it's, all the, it's all the cliche things you hear. You know, I'm sure you guys heard of core as a leadership laboratory and, and you know, developing yourself in the private sector. And when you're a student and we're on the court, you think that it's very cliche to say that, but it's, you know, there, there's one thing that I used to do every week um, for our, our weekly meetings. You know, I think we had them on Sundays. Every Sunday, I think it was 8 p.m. or something like that with the whole outfit. And I remember I would organize our goals for the week and then I would have goals for every chain uh, and then meet with the seniors, meet, meet with the white belts and then relate that to the black belts and kind of follow up on that progress. I do the exact same thing today. Uh, every week I have a staff meeting and I set up the goals for the week and how we're gonna improve, how we're gonna help each other achieve those goals. It's the exact same thing. And you know, it just helps you uh, in some things like at the time that you don't realize that it's gonna be important down the road. And uh, it, it's uh, over a hundred year old program. So obviously it's, it's developed a lot of people into leadership positions. And so we must be doing something right. And so I would say if I would have any, anything to say to myself, you know, I don't think I would do anything different, but uh, I would say put a hundred and, you know, 13% of everything you got and everything you do in the core, it's not going to come back. Once you have your four years is done. And you don't want to have any regrets looking back and saying, man, I wish I would have done something else. I wish I would have gone out for that, like Jamie said. Um, so I gave my everything and it was very busy and very, and I very tired sometimes. But, uh, you know, I was very proud that I gave everything I had. So learn as much as you can, be a sponge, because it, it, it will be coming back later on in your future. Um, and so, uh, Fernando, I remember uh, that you had mentioned that you have a, a screen with, with uh, maybe some different different files and 
and stuff. I just wanted to uh, give you the opportunity to, if you had to, um, you said there were logos, yeah, no, I, documents, yeah. I got a couple of, you know, computers, so I try to find some files and whatnot, but I was looking at, uh, let me see what I can, what I can share. Hold on. So I was looking at this weekly. Can you see, can you guys see that? Yes, we can. Uh, we might need to uh, describe it to our listeners uh, because they, uh, Oh, sure. So this is our, our weekly uh, outfit meeting um, schedule and our goals for the week, right? And uh, we would kind of put this together as white belts and then provide some guidance uh, for the week and our goals and what we're going to do. So we do have, and that's what I was telling you, I do the exact same thing on uh, my job today. I would have goals for the week for every single chain. We had a PR chain, operation and training, and something really simple just to set the tone for the week. But uh, that's, that's what I was talking about. Some of the things that just as a junior or senior in college, instead of just studying aerospace engineering, you're actually running a business. So it, it helps you. Um, it helps you develop a little bit earlier than some of the peers that are not going through this. But I also had, let me see if I have this. This is the very early design of the outfit, <laughs> outfit logo. Oh, okay. wow. <laughs> when we got together, um, yeah, this is still, in, in, <laughs> this is still one of those pictures that I took on my iPhone 3G back in the day. But uh, I have a few. We went through several iterations of the outfit, uh, outfit t-shirts. This is one of them. We just kind of threw up. And as soon as I saw it, I said, no, man, we need some more help. Uh, I think this is one of the other iterations. Uh, you guys may have some shirts like that. And then we had another one like that. This and is interesting. Um, I'm actually wearing uh, my pullout, my class's pullout shirt right now. And uh, we're also wearing a ringer, but we use the same tiger. I'm not sure if you can see it right there, but uh, yeah, the, the same design from, uh, I think that that's from the, the original flying tigers from, from World War II, uh, their design. That's super neat. Right. So eventually, you know, we ended up settling in, in what the outfit shirt is today, uh, but which was designed by the, one of the freshman's moms, and I can't remember his name, but she, she kind of put everything together and, and designed that, that logo that we have on our shirts. That's, that is amazing. Yeah, because we actually made it a competition. So we got everybody in the outfit. Okay, it's, you know, we get to recruit all you guys. Everybody draw something, see, see what we can come up with that, you know, it's going to be really cool for our logo. And we ended up like the first picture I said, I showed you is pretty bad. I'm not a, an artist. So we happy we got somebody with talent to help us out. We, we do love our quad moms. Yes. 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 <laughs> heroes. Yeah. We, we should totally dedicate an episode to quad moms. Get them on the, uh, on the chat and see, like, I think, cause uh, we'll, we'll do like a mother's day episode. <laughs> Genius. Yeah, so I, I wanted to show you a couple other other pictures. Let me see. I was trying to be better prepared, but I want to show you some of the pictures we got from from around that time. Let's see here. So, um, kind of going back to that a little bit, when you were using inspirations to find designs, like what was there a prompt you kind of gave, like uh, because I, I know like flying tigers is kind of part of the name, but was there like a specific message you were trying to convey or something along the lines of like, or was it just like? Hey guys, flying tigers, go go! You know, do your best. Uh, sorry, this was for for recruiting or the the outfit uh, the outfit logo. Right, it, we just went back to the flying tigers. So it, it's interesting because most most outfits are like twenty twenty one Hellcats, right? But we had like two different uh, nicknames: Savage Six, Flying Tigers. 
and I had to rely on the legacy group, right? So tell me a little bit about the story and the history of the outfit. So, you know, the history of going back to the Flying Tigers, uh, it's really something to be proud of. So we just wanted to kind of retain that. And, you know, my goal was to um, retain as much of the history as possible without repeating some of the mistakes, you know, we made that ended up disbanding the outfit at some point. But obviously there is a lot of pride and a lot of things that were done in the past and wanted to bring as much of that as possible. One of the things, for example, that I was never really fond of because I never did it, I don't quite understand it, but it was this building um, uh, out and, and out, you know, bonfire. And Squadron 6, is, it was one of the biggest bonfire outfits, right? right. Uh, I don't know if you guys got back to that. But, you know, for me, we had a short year that year. I know the Legacy Group didn't like that I wasn't pushing at the beginning. But we had a short year to bring this team of people together. And there's so much more to do. And I felt like I had to prioritize. And I said, I know bonfire is important for the Legacy Group. But for me, I said, there's other things we have to get done first. And hopefully that's one of the things that they do later down the road. But for me, it was more about making sure we have the right team and we're taking care of grades. We're taking care of recruiting for the next year. We have, you know, we're starting behind the name of the outfit. Uh, so it was a little bit of a, you know, discussion with the legacy group and they probably were not fond of me not, not pushing bonfire as much. But it, it was just one of those things that we had to prioritize um, some other some other things first. Um, I have, uh, let me see a couple pictures I'll show you. You guys see that? That's really cool. Wow. Yeah, so we actually made a few newspaper uh, articles that, that year. Uh, I'll uh, get uh, get to share some of that with you guys. But uh, For those of you on audio only, we're looking at a picture of Governor Rick Perry standing in formation with uh, Squadron 6. Two of our fish, you know, we actually, when we got our fish class, I can't remember the exact number, but it was a pretty large class uh, that first semester. And there was, we were blessed because there was several fish that had parents that were in Squadron 6. Uh, so it was kind of a legacy thing, right? So we didn't struggle finding freshmen just because we had, um, we had a lot of legacy uh, on wow. the board. So we, we had several of them, you know, uh, uh, Gera and Garcia were two of them that had legacy in Squadron 6. They will see that reactivation day, uh, picture with Governor Perry. Um, let's see here. A lot, a lot skinnier and, and no beard back in the day. <laughs> we had. Wow. So, so it was uh, actually a pretty large outfit um, for a reactivation. We were able to recruit quite a few people. Um, so very proud of that as well. Yeah. Uh, for, for our listeners as well, uh, don't fret. We're going to uh, take this and we recorded this meeting. We're going to put it up on YouTube. We, uh, you can, shameless plug, but you can find us at Squadron 6 Media. Uh, we are, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely make sure that everyone gets a chance to check these out because these are some really awesome images. And uh, I'll, I'll make sure I send it to you guys. I know that I've got just a combination of a lot of different things here, but uh, we just uh, wanted to make sure I showed you a couple of those things. I'll be happy to share anything I've got. Uh, you know, down the road. Oh, this is awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. This is our freshman class. I love it. So this <laughs> is right right as the um, the uh, semester started, you know, maybe January, February. Back when I was a freshman, uh, we know 
within <laughs> this this guy making me sound really old, but I know the iPhones were around, but not everybody had an iPhone, you know, or an Android or something like that. So uh, we uh, <laughs> we would never text our, our Apple classroom, right? Um, we wouldn't send pictures. So one of the freshmen text, text me this picture. This was, you know, a few weeks into the semester. And you can't help but just, you know, laugh at it. It's just such a great picture. These guys, you know, that came from all over the quad and already, you know, kind of teaming up and building building their, their team for the future. So you'll see here on the left is, is Jackie Kingsley, who ended up being the, the Alpha CEO, you know, a few years down the road. Wow. Uh, so <clears throat> really, really cool, you know, maybe a little bit more than one class. But uh, I just smile. I didn't make him push for it. I thought it was a good pullout. I, mean, I just want to point out, I'm not sure if uh, Colton and Jamie y'all sis, but I, I feel like Fish, like any, any pictures from Fish year, regardless of like class, especially, you know, in, in the past uh, couple decades or so, they kind of all look the same. Like this, this could totally be my, my class, you know, or, or your class. Like it's interesting. Same goofy, yes. same goofy haircuts, same right. goofy outfits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't know what year it was, but I think it was maybe between junior and senior year when I was there that um, we actually changed the haircut policy. It used to be a zero, okay? I, I don't know what it is now, uh, but we changed it back to a one or, not, one or a two. So freshmen on that picture actually have very long hair compared to what we had in freshman year. We all look bald. It's just what we look like. So we changed that, you know, it was one of those things that we wanted to look a little more professional and be able to go into a, you know, student senate meeting your freshman year and, and not be bald, you know. So um, we used to have socks. Um, it was part of the outfit uniform or freshman uniform to have your shirt tucked in uh, with a belt and then you have your long socks halfway up your leg. That was the, the freshman uniform. Then we change that down the road so you look more normal, right? Like a regular student. But um, I don't know if that's still the uniform or they they kept the change. But you could tell a freshman from a mile away. Oh right? yeah. <laughs> and we kind of change that just to make sure that hey, we let them be students past the arches. Let's let's make sure they dress a little more normal. Nobody uses those long white socks, right? So, I know. I know they made students. us. They made us do it. The amount. The, okay, so. Uh, Alex was my piss head. The amount of times I heard him say in this voice, motivate your socks, which means like pull them up higher. That, that just phrase is seared into my head. It's like we had, to, we had to pull the socks way up, tuck the shirts in. I look at pictures of myself like in public, especially with the long white socks. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know how I had any friends. But <laughs> yeah, we, did, we, we did away with that, I guess, recently as well. Yeah, and I'll share one last picture with you guys. I just have to find it. But um so that way, you know, we're not uh, excluding listeners, but. We'll, we'll, we'll start a sub subscriber portion and we only do. Six dollars a month. Right. I remember <laughs> this. This was like the, the Cubs, right? Right. So this is the uh, Savage Six uh, Cup program. Um, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that our outfit made a difference some, in some way. And um, I think it's Mr. James Allen here in the back. He was a junior. But we kind of got together with the white belts to figure out how can we volunteer, how can we help our community and do something different that hasn't, I don't know if it's been done before. Um, so one of the ideas was let's volunteer at the elementary school with at-risk kids, you know, kids that don't have uh, both parents or 
you know, kids that come from foster homes, um, kids that are, you know, we would get a report um, from the school principal on some of the kids that misbehaved the most uh, or some of the kids that had the most issues with, and they would assign him a mentor or a cadet. And so we've, you know, I don't, I've never heard of anybody doing this on the quad time, but we actually split the outfit every other Thursday. So during training time, uh, that afternoon, half the outfit would stay in train that, that Thursday, the other half would go to the elementary school and meet with the kids. And then the next week it would flip. Whoever went to school had training that afternoon and the other half that had training the week before went to the school. So we all had an assigned, uh, assigned student and, you know, we did that all semester and got a lot of positive feedback from, from the teachers about how, you know, we impacted some of the students that, you know, they had issues with um, in a positive way. So I don't know if that's still going on or I don't know how long it, it went on for, but that was a Pebble Creek Elementary. And we love that program. I think they won the, um, what is that uh, award for service? The Gates Award? The Gates Award. So the Alfred won the Gates Award the very next year. So I was really proud of that. So no, it's um, some of those things that you guys are talking about it too, right? You're talking about recruiting um, recruiting CEOs and, and developing people and, and leaving a legacy. Uh, you got a very, you know, I would say the core is four years, but uh, as far as setting the tone for the outfit, you usually do a lot more of that your white belt years. So you got a very short time frame to leave a legacy that is going to last a while. And, and at the end of the day, it's not about you, right? It's about what you can do to help other people. And and if you can leave a legacy that way, it'll, it'll stay with you for forever, right? And that was my goal. How can I help other people? How can we uh, create an, an outfit that uh, leaves a legacy in a positive way in our community. So they did a good, they, the guys did a good job of that. And they, I can't remember, I think we had to do background checks, um, all kinds of stuff just to be allowed in the school, you know, and, and um, be a mentor. Uh, we didn't have any issues with that, but um, went through a lot of training um, on how to talk to the kids. There was obviously some that needed a little bit more help than others. So. But it was a good time, and I'm really, really glad you guys got it back. So be interested to hear how it goes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, so I think now we are going to transition into our rapid fire segment. Rapid fire. The first question is, uh, what is your favorite Aggie tradition? Oh, wow. <laughs> You know, I think, uh, I just think I love the Aggie Network. And maybe it's because I'm at a different stage in my life. Um, and I don't even know if the Aggie Network is considered a tradition. I think it is. <laughs> so um, if you were to ask me when I was in college, maybe I would have said, you're not your old silver tap, you know, the usual answer. But as you um, kind of grow in life, you realize that it is a special place and is the best kept secret in the world. Um, just from the friendships, what you learned, and everything that you know, A&M has given uh, to me and, and to others. That's why we, we you know we give back because we just feel blessed. So short answer, I can network. 
Awesome. Yeah. I think that we can all test the Aggie network here and how much it has helped us, especially for me as well. Um, so the next question is, is, what is your favorite campusology? If you still remember. <laughs> Man, I, I, don't, I don't remember very many of them. Um, I, would, I would say, I'm probably going to give you an answer of just one that I remember. I don't know. Um, 12 man, I, I remember 12 man, um, and probably George, George Bush. I don't know, that's embarrassing. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I um, do have, I, I do have the whole um PDF version of the uh core um core manual, or I don't know what it's called, the, the SOPs, the standard, the standard. Yes, I do have oh it gosh. somewhere, yeah. so I can definitely go and relearn it, but yeah. I'm sure it's very different from today's standard. <laughs> um, so the next question is, is what was your favorite year in the core? Mm, senior year is the, mo the most rewarding. Plus once you get into senior uh, in engineering school, oh, junior year is the hardest year, you know? So senior year was a cakewalk compared to junior year. So a lot more free time. Just all the hard work kind of starts paying off. You're finishing up school, you know, leading the outfit. You can go to Northgate. Yeah, whoop. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for that. Uh, so what, I know you kind of briefly touched on it already, but what has been your experience uh, with the Aggie Network? Like, do you have any specific examples that uh, you can kind of elaborate on? Uh, oh, actually, yes. I mean, I have, I, I use the Aggie Network um for a lot of different reasons but i think one one very specific example uh we were i got hired with my company in january of 2014 a year after uh you know we started in a development program did a really good job there and and they said hey how can we find you know um can you help us recruit it's pretty much what they said other students because at that point we were recruiting, um, you know, engineers for this development program, and we had a lot of people quit. Uh, they were just not the right fit. So they sent our recruiting team um, to go find um, students that were potential for this program that were going to stick around and do the job. And we couldn't find anybody. So I said, well, why don't we just recruit the core? I mean, that's probably just what we need to do, right? Is we got the right kind of people there, and we made a phone call to uh, uh, Colonel Allison, and uh, we set up a recruiting event just for them. Obviously, we sent out an invite just if anybody at a non-reg wanted to come, they could come. But um, it was a one-time event. We got two employees from there, and they are now leading, uh, helping me lead with the, in the company. You know, one of them runs our multi-billion dollar uh, data center and a very young guy, very successful. Um, and the other student, you know, had an internship with us and you know, he's working for a fracking company, did really well. But it's just incredible to me because we would have never found those guys who are making a difference, uh, really a difference um, in our industry. And all we did was make phone calls, set up a recruiting event and interviews and all we picked them within one day. So that probably another short, story that's my favorite is i got my job at the tailgate so i think i was telling alex that now uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love that so that first story is the, the professional version of the answer right 
which happens. But the other story that's personal to me is um, I actually walked into a career fair and I didn't have very good grades, okay? I'm just, I, I struggled my second semester freshman year and sophomore year a little bit. So I didn't have the 4.0s that a lot of other engineering students had and I was closer to a 3.0. And all these good jobs, you know, required you have a 3.5. So I was pretty anxious when I went to the career fair. And I looked left and looked right and there was just like people lined up in suits, you know, for all these jobs. And I'm like, man, you know, don't have any internships at this point. I, I did sell books door to door my senior year, before my senior year, but besides that, I don't have any big name internships. I don't have good grades. So, you know, I just walked in within two minutes, I walked out and just kind of frustrated and, you know, with anxiety. And I said, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Probably just go sell books door to door again. The next week, uh, we had a football game and I was telling me just having a good time and um, this guy that I've seen around before, you know, around the outfit just came up and asked me, hey, how you doing? You know, said, great. So tell me a little bit about you. Like, um, what have you done you know, in your core career? And we talked for about half an hour, you know, on, you know, for everything you guys and I talked about freshman year and then starting up the outfit and recruiting and, you know, what everything we did. And uh, by the end, he's like, hey, um, gave me his business card and said, you need to apply for this job. I think it would be a good fit for us. And he changed my life. So I'm just grateful that I went to that tailgate. Um, and, you know, it's just, I think there's a lot of stories like that, but uh, that's that's just something that it's very personal and, and it's real. So the Aggie Network. It's awesome. It's really cool. That is really awesome. Um, do you have any um, advice for current cadets um, throughout like your experience that you've had post-grad um, is there anything that you would like to advise the current cadets? Uh, just what I said earlier, I think um, give everything you have into it. You'll never be able to redo it. So uh, you're going to spend your four years and, and it's done, right? There's no more eligibility. So there's no richer year. So I would say give everything you have, get the most out of it. Um, and you know, try to find the organizations that work for you. Now, there's not one way to reach you know your goals. There's different ways to do it. Whether that is getting involved within four organizations or getting involved with organizations past the arches, uh, just give everything you got. And uh, I think you're you're gonna be surprised of some of the good things that happen uh, once you do that. Thank you so much for that advice. Um, uh, is there any like? pranks that you you've had like you guys did as in your time in the core like any good bull story uh we had batfish you guys still have batfish we do, we do. Batfish. we do a batfish okay so yeah um you know we would throw fish detail and get a bunch of bats from all over the quad and then go and you know fill up a white belt's room with you know bats all over to you know to the ceiling um, that's called bat F. I can't say that second part of the word, but it's it's what we used to call it. Um, that was that you know that one was pretty cool back then. You know we had we had a lot of different pranks probably that are not allowed today. But uh, trying to figure out how to say it right, <laughs> you know, you guys have the the separate showers now, right? 
So we used to have uh, old community showers. It was wide open. So when uh, sometimes, you know, there was a line, it was a red line on every single dorm, every single community shower. I don't know why, but it was in the, in the towel. It was painted on the towel. I don't know if they just been doing that for years, but it was about maybe three feet above um, above the floor. And you know, one of the things we used to do is, is you know get a detail to where a whole class would have to shower below the red line. So, and it's just one of those dumb things, right? Again, like, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> I don't know, but you know, it's like a senior detail. You, you got to do it. So. Is that, or you make your buddies push? I don't know. So, but there's that's probably very wrong today's day and age, and not allowed. So, but. I heard I heard about that that I guess prank if you want to call it that. But I I thought it was a myth. I was like, there's no way people really showered under under a line. Yes. No. Yeah, we did. <laughs> no, it's oh. uh, like I said, it wasn't perfect, right? The core evolves, so some things are probably not right anymore and shouldn't be done anyway. Well, yeah, uh, that concludes our rapid fire segment. But uh, Fernando, just thank you so much for uh, for joining us. And this has been I, I've learned so much, like, you know, the just uh, from experiences of the, that you had in the core and, and definitely the advice that you've uh, given as far as how to reach out to um, make use of that Aggie network, because I think that's something that there's this myth of like, yes, it exists, but, you know, it's going to like serve you. But but we as just as much need to uh, be active and reach out and, and uh, get to know people and stuff like that. So this has been a really awesome uh, time. We'd love to have you back on again because I'm sure there's a lot more stories that that you have as you know from from your experiences. Yeah, no, and, and you know what? I really loved it too. Definitely, we'll do it again. Um, my my um, XO, I was talking to him. Yeah, he's one of my buddies too from Quantum Twenty One, and he said, "Oh man, I would love to do that." And I'm telling you because I really do forget a lot of things. Maybe my brain just represses them. I don't want to remember all those red line showers. But, you know, it's usually <laughs> funny because you get a bunch of us, you know, talking and you say, you remember that, you know, and, and uh, yeah, it would be fun. I know he'd probably reach out to you and see what you guys can do together. So, yeah, for sure. We'd love to have him on. Special, you know, a uh, huge thanks to my co-hosts as well, who've been done a phenomenal job as always. And uh, with that, that concludes this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much again for, for coming Thank on. Thank you, everybody. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you so much.